You know it's time to do it major. Here's to the hustlers, the movers and shakers. Get up on your grind. Don't let the haters get ya. I know that you got a vision. Now it's time to deliver. Yeah, yeah. Giving you the tools, helping you to grow. Level up, time to shine like you never did before. Let them know. More than a podcast, it's a mindset. You can do anything, you just gotta keep grinding. Let's go. The Entrepreneur Adventure. Hey, the entrepreneur adventure. You ready? And I tell people, if you've ever been to a museum and there's that coin vortex funnel and you drop a coin in and it goes around, yeah, it goes around and around. And so I basically tell people when you're starting on that journey, you have to drop that quarter in and you have... Your quarter has to go around because you have to be really scrappy at first and kind of try, 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 beta test, see, because what a lot of times what you're thinking isn't really going to make it for what the customer wants or what you think is the idea. And so that's where I'm like, once you drop that, you've got to be scrappy. But eventually, you as it goes around, you have to like funnel that thought in and get really focused. Welcome back to the Entrepreneur Adventure Podcast. Please welcome our guest for today, Amy Whipple, who is a startup process consultant for Lion Leadership. And Amy will be talking to us about the importance of creating strong processes and systems within our business so that we can quickly, easily, and efficiently scale and grow. And with that, I'll turn it over to our host, Josh Melton and Chad Brown. Hey, entrepreneurs, welcome back to the Entrepreneur Adventure. We're going to have a really fun episode today. You know, this thing started out, Josh, where we were hosting podcasts to really get free one-on-one consulting, but now it's kind of backfired. People are figuring out we're kind of a train wreck, and now we're having to pay extra for the consulting. I mean, that's the case with our guest today, right? This this one-on-one free consulting has gone backwards for us. No, she's actually kind of... ripped us off, I feel like, and completely changed this thing because we're paying her to consult with us and now she's probably billing us right now. I kind of think we're probably on the clock today. To be on the podcast. I agree. This yep. is eating in our, into our retainer time. Billable hours. So let's get through with this thing, man. Let's roll. We're about to roll really fast, entrepreneurs. <laughs> we're on billable time here. No, seriously, I'm really excited about today. We got such a fun guest and she really is helping the two of us uh, sort through some ways to make one of our businesses better and something where we can bring more value to you all. Our guest today, she's a startup and process consultant. She helps businesses build strong processes, take ideas from concept to market. And if you're sitting around with your business or as an entrepreneur wondering, what should I do next? She is the answer. Amy Whipple, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I want to first off say thank you to you guys because you're showing up every week. You're inspiring us. And it's really making a difference here in Athens. So thank you so much for the work that you guys are doing. So not only are you a guest, you're a listener. I am a fan. And I have, there's a lot of my girlfriends too that all listen in and we exchange episodes and share out. So that yes, this thing's starting out, a fan way, too. This thing's <laughs> out way better than I thought. I mean, we're going the right direction yeah, already. Yeah, no, she's probably going to bill us extra for saying that. But. <laughs> I actually paid her for this to be in the script. So, you know, it all works yeah. out fine. So here's what we got, Chad. Let's just be honest here. Let's be really vulnerable. Is oh that we're, we're paying Amy to do some consulting for us, which is really, I feel like it's like business partner couples counseling that she's doing. She's Felt more her. like counseling than consulting, but I think that's probably what we needed. And we've, we're all into, what, one session deep in this thing? Yeah. We're a week out. We met with Amy last week. Yeah. She's helping us figure out how to turn 
Stronger Business Summit into more of a stronger business brand to be able to provide more year-round value for all of you out there and for us as entrepreneurs. And uh, it was really eye-opening. It, it, we're building playbooks and handbooks and processes and systems and learning how to get this out of our head and on paper. Yeah, so we're excited about what you're going to talk about because so much that we're paying for it, right? Like we're in, we're in this, but first and starting out because you're doing startup processes and you're working with businesses and entrepreneurs and things like that. So we want to know, you have a little bit of an entrepreneur adventure yourself. So kick us off. Tell us how you became an entrepreneur. Tell us your entrepreneur adventure. Okay, so originally I'm born and raised in Michigan and at an early age of eight, I did have a face painting business, so I guess you could say that's my earliest oh, entrepreneur. Eight-year-old <laughs> entrepreneur. This is amazing. Yeah, you're going to have your face painted next year for Stronger Business 50 Summit. 50 cents of awesome. face painting. I would put up a table in front of a park uh, on busy nights, and I could usually make about $8 with friends. So that was at an early age. Um, born and raised in Michigan, uh, moved out west, lived out west for seven years out in Salt Lake City. Um, out there is kind of where I fell in love with processes. I uh, worked at, in manufacturing. There was a lot of disconnect at the company I was at. And so just writing a lot of process finders, being able to do way too much. I was 24 at the time and just the amount of responsibility I had um, from there. Did you know like in high school and college, like I want to be an entrepreneur or I want to go work for corporate America? Was that somewhat defined for you or? No, I originally, I graduated in education, so I did okay. teach for three years, but I knew at some point I just always had this really creative mind that I wanted to do something with it. So I would say, yes, I wanted to be an entrepreneur, but I didn't know how that path was going to take me. What age group were you teaching? Uh, I did special ed, so okay. I was doing early elementary. Because I, what I found a lot is that people who are teaching especially if they're teaching in elementary like they work really good with entrepreneurs because we are like <laughs> the, the babies. children emotionally we're struggling with stuff and yes you got to work the herd a bunch of eight-year-olds <laughs> so you are creative and organized it sounds like creative and organized yes. that is a rare combination <laughs> that's valuable yes i think in my house i'm definitely i act as the visionary and my husband integrates but then when i go into the business world i actually am the integrator for a lot of visionaries so i kind of reverse roles so did you find when you got to the job so you say you're 24 years old you're working for a business you're seeing wow there's a lot of stuff here that's like not very connected did they already feel the pain, that business? Or did you get there and see that, whoa, things are not connected? So does that, if that question yeah. exists, so did they I was, see it wasn't connected or did you walk in and see it wasn't connected? So I was there for about three and a half years. And while I was there, I kept a spreadsheet because 32 people had either quit or were fired. Uh -huh. And so essentially there were nine cubicles in the place and it was manufacturing. So if things needed to be ordered, we were launching products, we were traveling to sale meetings, we were doing a lot of things. And so I was able to just get my hands wet and everything under the sun around manufacturing. And so that was really that PhD, getting my hands wet and really seeing the need for processes because I had to bring these people up to speed in a day or two in order to keep everything functioning and so I just would write process binders for each department. And that's kind of how that piece started. Um, and then I went into more of a leap company that I loved. I admired this company. And it was really organized. The culture was great. It was great management. And so that piece, that's when I really saw just how processes drove excellence. And so in this company, we had 
we were batching things. There were production reports. Everything was getting metriced, and I was really able to see how smooth things could run with this manufacturing side. So. Sounds like my dream. And your <laughs> I actually felt like when she was saying that, I was like, Chad, I didn't know you owned a business out west. <laughs> it sounded like all the people getting fired and stuff. That sounded just like you. So you went from a situation where you're a young person, like learning mode for sure, because mm -hmm. this is early in your career. Yes. You're in a chaotic environment, and you're starting to help bring some order to it. So, yes. so creating order out of the chaos. Then you go to a next job. Uh -huh. And it's like the opposite. Like, whoa, they have so many like controls and not in a bad way, but like they have, they know what to do. They're, it's predictable. It's systematic. It's yes. not always second guessing or having to go write a new manual. Yes. You go from chaos to control. Yes. And we're like amazed by it. Yes. It was, it was amazing. I, I had no complaints. If anyone ever did complain, I'm, I just had to say, man, this is so good. If there's an issue, you just send it to the freight department. If you need this, you send it to production. You didn't have to do every thing by hand. So I would say that was just a really good experience. And then I was able to ski and climb and hike and just we lived out west for seven years. So why, why aren't you still there? Uh, well, my husband, he got his PhD in accounting and we, the University of Georgia, that's Ah, here. So he's so a professor at the university. Okay. That's yeah. how we came here. And we've been here now for eight years. All right. How <laughs> big of a conversation was this? Skiing, hiking, dream job, it sounds like. Was sure. this like a really big deal? Or just something you always knew was in the cards and like, eh. Well, in 2013, when we moved here, it was a shift because we had a nine-month-old. Uh, I loved my job, so I had quit my job. We moved to a new city. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much every life changed. He had a new job, so it was it was you a transition just point. Move to a new city, you moved to a whole different world of culture and, and a state and an environment that I'm sure seemed like the craziest place ever. What I love about it is that five minutes ago she was telling me that she's more of the visionary in her family and her husband's the integrator. And I'm like, the same guy that sold you on moving everything. <laughs> yes, this beautiful vision. There's a promised land called Athens. I Georgia. love <laughs> Athens. I did cry when we first arrived because it looked so jungle. We were living out in the desert and it was yeah. so green and there were trees everywhere. And so I do remember I crying. Heard, I heard Axel Rose in my head just then. Welcome to the jungle. I don't think anybody's ever said Athens, Georgia is a jungle. jungle. But we got that tree in the corner just for you, Amy. Welcome to the jungle. Uh, um, yeah. So here I am. I'm in a new town. My husband's busy. I quit my job. I wanted to stay home with my little one for a bit, but also at the same time, this is the time where I just started secret shopping a lot of companies, really looking at processes, still still really interested in that. And that's where I had launched um, my first Time startup. out real quick. Hold on a second. I'm sorry. I'm just stuck on jungle. You see, yeah, welcome to the jungle. <laughs> We've got fun and so games. I order like some jungle clothes and stuff. Like, you did like just go to Africa. Yeah, anyway. Um, anyway. You said secret shopper. Uh-huh. So... I want to know a little bit, how, how did you become a secret shopper? Because I know we used to see all the little ads for like, be a secret shopper. And I think like probably half of them were scams. My wife did a little bit of this and I was okay. like, she did just a little bit with some uh, fast food restaurants. But anyway, you did a lot more, I believe. 
So t- how'd you get into that and tell us what you learned from it? Because you use some of those same skills today, I believe. Yes, I do. I think for me, I've always just been interested in what's happening and how people are doing it. So I call it touch point mapping now. But if I go into a business, <laughs> so it's way more technical. Whoa, you're in marketing. Shopping. No, shopping I'm looking <laughs> before I even walk into a building or a space. I'm looking at, you know, how is the website? You know, can I get to something within three clicks? When I walk up to the door, am I greeting? I'm looking for all these behaviors along the way for the whole experience. Are they going to be green? Are they going to be yellow? Are they going to be red? And so basically, I'm always just doing that in my head. And that was, I was just doing it for fun back then. But now I do it a lot more. Okay, so it was just something you were interested in. It wasn't something you were building this uh, skill or metric to No, just always sampling new products, ordering new products, testing new companies, keeping a pulse, reading about new companies. I've always had that love to do that, so. That's awesome. So then you decided, okay, I'm going to launch a startup? I'm I'm gonna launch something. So at this time, I saw an opportunity. There were several of my friends, their husbands were getting vasectomies. And oh, this just got real interesting, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> and they were complaining because they said, I have to get the compression shorts. I have to run and get peas. And then there was just gauze, everything. And I thought, well, what if I design a pair of compression shorts that have a pocket in the front and I package it with some Hibiclins, I package it with some gauze pads and I write the process up, you know, seven days before, one day before, day of surgery, day after. And so I created this kit and then I just went to a few urologists and pitched it and that's how it started. That's amazing. So. Yeah, when they say riches are in the niches, like this is, I mean, <laughs> riches are in the britches. <laughs> yeah. in the south. I don't know about you, but I like subconsciously cross my legs while we're talking about that. I'm all guarded over here now for some reason. Uh, <laughs> this is well, amazing. And, and from there. I want to know about the first pitch. I want to know <laughs> oh, the, first pitch, the first urologist you walked into. So I got an idea for you. Okay. Well, here was the thing is I started looking on Alibaba.com because you can buy anything on Alibaba.com and you can go under any business name. So I created the business name AW Enterprises. And my husband actually walked by, he's like, AW Enterprises? Yeah, Amy Whipple Enterprises. That's the name I'm functioning under. It sounds like it's, I've heard of it before. I'm like, yeah, it made me want a root beer. (laughs) (laughs) So I I just started talking to manufacturers because I had a skill set of product launching. And so I just started talking to manufacturers over there and then I started sketching up some designs and sending them and getting products and then I basically said hey can I market and put your logo on the side of the shorts and a lot of them said yes so I was just talking to a lot of manufacturers overseas Uh, but that's that's amazing all right so (laughs) tell us about the journey what happened like what uh well I didn't (laughs) hold on what was the pitch like how do you sell this Well, that was the thing is I tell a lot of new entrepreneurs, I say, just go in and try it. And that's really what I did. I had a couple samples. I had a white box. I made some packaging and I mocked up, you know, something like this, just an advertisement. And I went in and I just pitched the idea. Was there a tagline? Like I'm looking for the tagline. Oh, it has been a while. Uh, I think it was just post- I think post-surgical kits. Okay, so it wasn't uh, some cool. You're speaking to an educated yet. audience. There, it's a 
The brown, it's around the surgery. Like you probably aren't going with super it trendy. It's definitely like, a pain point. Like septic pain. You you dump it, we pump it type marketing. It's yeah, a little more sophisticated. Well, at one point I thought I was gonna sell to Amazon because I wanted to be the two day kit recovery kit. So basically, oh, these were good. recovery kits in the Amazon world where any type of surgery you're having, you could go on, and within two days. You know, if you're having a bunionectomy, here's the kit that you oh, get. If you're having this was going to scale. Oh, I had big ideas. I would have invested in this. <laughs> I would have been all in. So, I did from there. I did. It, it came four four products happened. So I did like a sits bath kit, a post prostate kit, a penile implant kit. There were four different kits that spun out of it, and I was doing that for a while. So what happened? Why why'd you stop, or what changed? Uh, I think there was a piece of just being bored and launching something that to then do I have the passion behind okay. this. And yeah. also, I, I was very early on. I, I hadn't listened to podcasts. I hadn't read too many books. I was just trying it. Just doing it. Just yeah. doing it. And so at that point, I knew it wasn't what I needed to do. My husband had said, eh, you, this isn't really for you. And so that's kind of, I love how Sadie Holder says, you know, you have to have a breakdown before you have that breakthrough. And... I pretty much just, yeah, shot up a prayer. I'm like, this isn't what I'm supposed to be doing. What am I supposed to be doing, Lord? And I'm going to put this down. And I found a lady. She wanted to take it on and take it over. And That's kinda, amazing. Yeah. All right. Entrepreneur good, yeah. journey, like number. Uh, that's a good adventure. for you, yeah. Yeah, so you climbed up. You got to adventure. a spot. You're able to pivot to, you know, getting that to someone else, transitioning out of the business, and then figuring out what summit you want to climb next. So. Yeah. Tell us what happens next. Okay, so let's see what happens next. Um, well, I wasn't sure what I needed to do. And this is where I figured I had already started something. And then I really started to read. And I wasn't sure if I should become a story brand guide, if I should do EOS training, if I should... I, I really didn't have a plan. And so at that point, I just started reading a ton. I started networking a ton, having a meeting every week with someone new. And that pretty much led into taking all of my experiences of, I used to write these processes for companies. I do all of this secret shopping. I have this manufacturing and supply chain background. So what if I can teach companies how to operate like a manufacturing facility and bring some of these principles into companies that aren't doing that. So that's essentially what I decided to do. And Amazing. taking it back to one of your first jobs there too. So you kind of started doing this on your own in that company, right? That didn't, like you were not, were you hired at that point to write processes? Or no. was it just, you just saw the need and you started doing it because you realized that that would help the company grow? Yeah, I saw the need. And then I also saw that they were working because I would, create the screenshots and they were very simple one page I find that a lot of people don't read too much so if you're just writing so much documentation it's not going to get used so I really tried to take simple pictures screenshots really quick processes and put those down so when someone new came in they could sit down see the picture see what they needed to do and that's how it that's how it started so it really was I I prayed about it uh, there was this frustration point I didn't, you know, because you don't want to close a chapter, but you know you need to close a chapter. And and then I it just kind of evolved from there. That's so. really cool. And I think that's a place in our journey as entrepreneurs, all of us get to a place where it's like, what do I do from here? And 
do I close this down? Do I start something new up? And what does that look like? And how do I bring this all together? And it sounds like you just kept doing and kept meeting and kept trying yes. pushing to figure that out. You didn't, let me go find myself or let me go take a break for six months and have some downtime to clear my head. You said, hey, I'm, let me just keep pursuing yeah. meetings and talking to people and well, and I think at that time, I was functioning in this mindset of as if. So let me pretend as if I'm a story brand guide or as if I'm an EOS implementer or as if I can do strength finders. And so I would just read these books. I would create these 14-page cliff notes, and then I would mock up slides, and then I would just try it for free on people or just dive into these experts and almost try to replicate their work. And so I did that with a lot of books during that time, taking Disney trainings and just trying to figure out how can I use my experience, but then also when I come into a company, I have to know what things they're using and kind of educate myself on all of that. So there was a period, and then I had to kind of figure out, okay, what are my values? What do I value? You know, I value adventure. I value passion. I love studying people that have excellence. And so I tried to just really write down those values, write down that mission and start to get to work. And been through a trial and error process of figuring out where that connected. Well, I loved about this, Amy, is, and I want to ask you a question on the backside of this, but is that obviously you realized that you were an entrepreneur Mm -hmm. because you start a business and and you're like, I, I like that I'm building a business. There, I mean, there's frustrations, there's tensions, there's all these things. But I like the building the business part, but I don't think that this product is really what I'm something I'm passionate about. Mm-hmm. But on the front side of it, you saw the need. Mm-hmm. You stumbled across a need. You're like, oh, I bet I could figure that out. You figured it out. Yes. And you realize this is not for me. You leave it, and you have the next thing's not picked yet. But here you are, kind of beta testing things, yes. sampling things to some degree, touch point mapping <laughs> your next <laughs> potential career. <laughs> But the, because you knew that you're, you're an entrepreneur at that point looking looking for a summit to scale. Mm-hmm. And you're leaning forward into the identity of being an entrepreneur and then trying to find, again, the next thing. Yes. So what I want to know from a question standpoint is when you're looking back and you, you're realizing, like, I actually kind of love the, the processes and developing and what I would say is creating control out of chaos, creating predictability, all, all the stuff that we know we need and entrepreneurs are terrible at. Like huh. We're gifted to maybe have an idea or have some work ethic and terrible at being able to outline this is what it looks like to succeed and move on to the next level. But when did you know that your product, if you will, that you were passionate about was that, was the, let's, let's bring the processes to the forefront and make it part of what I'm creating for others? So I think if I have to say, ooh, I've certain time I don't know if I can pinpoint a certain time but you loved it in that first job right what's that you loved it that part of that first job yes I did I did I did love it and I think because I have always that vision of where I can see okay if if these are all the components that you say makes a really good pizza or makes a really good pizza restaurant, then how do I make sure that this is happening and how do I write those processes? So I think it was combining like the creativity because I like to launch. Uh, I don't know. And you need both pieces of that to scale any business. And I think that's the challenge for the entrepreneurs is there's the ideas and then there's the work, but converting the ideas to processes to train other people or to get other people involved. That's it's interesting because when you see like, this is funny to me, 
But people all over the world for hundreds of years will spend money to buy a picture that they already know what it looks like, except that somebody's cut it up into little pieces and they got to put it together. And the joy of is, and the joy is the process. Like you know exactly what it is you're putting together. You know exactly what it looks like on the other side. The joy in that is the bringing the the chaos, all the little pieces into the picture. It's bringing the bringing again order from chaos. And it seems like for whatever reason, that's something that in your first job you you started creating it on your own. In your second job, it was there, and you found great appreciation for it. And your the business that you launched, like you found like oh I'm, I like this part of it. You kind of created something out of nothing. And then as you're even as you're moving forward, talking about the story brand and EOS, that's all about the same thing. It's like, how can you take these different pieces or components that somebody has and organize them into a yes. manner so that it's predictable and that that person has a chance toward being successful? Because at a certain point, when we're disorganized, our capacity is somewhat limited to that point mm-hmm. until we can, Michael yeah. Gerber, like, you need to be able to work on your business. You can work in it, but you got to work on it if you ever want to not have to work in it. Yes. And you figured out a way to help people do that leverage some of those things yeah and i think and i think what happens is because i have that visionary side is when i talk to new businesses and new startups is they have all these visions but it's like i'm able to say okay let's put these down into a process let's simplify it because a lot of times at first i hear just a lot of vomit of like i want to do this and this and this and this and this and i'm like we have to clarify that's too much information and so i think from the manufacturing side i'm able to chop out ideas and get really streamlined really straightforward um, and, and, and also, too, I notice a lot of times uh, people come in a new startup phase and they want to be that hero where they're just like, look at all of it. Look at everything yeah. I'm doing. And I'm like, your audience cannot understand that. We have got to simplify. There has to be, tell me what happens first, what happens second, what happens third. What are the three choices that you're going to give them? So I really think I bring a lot of that into a new business and helping them decide that and figure that out. And that's so valuable because as entrepreneurs, we're running so fast and in our own heads so much, like nothing ever gets down on paper or, or it's just, Correct. it's confusing to us. So it seems just overwhelming to try to put it on paper to simplify it for somebody else. Well, I yes. love that you use the word overwhelming too, right? Because mm-hmm. what people, so if there, anybody's an entrepreneur that's listening, they already know that what I'm about to say is true. But if somebody isn't an entrepreneur yet, they don't know that what I'm about to say is is so much truth to it, is that business is emotional. It is so much more emotional from the standpoint of being an entrepreneur than it is logical. That's why, like like you just said, like I want to tell all the people all the things I'm doing, and you're like, that is it. They won't be able to comprehend that you're overwhelming. That's not a business decision decision that's based in logic to tell them all the things that I'm doing. It's my emotional decision. Like I want, I kind of want an attaboy. I kind of want to look at all the needs that I can meet for you and. Mm-hmm. We, they're all emotional things. It's we get so caught up with all the feelings of stuff and mm-hmm. we're all over the place and we need sometimes a business counselor, I really do believe it, <laughs> so like to say, hey, let's, why don't we just put your ducks in a row just a little bit Yeah, and we well, can get somewhere. And I tell people, if you've ever been to a museum and there's that coin vortex funnel and you drop a coin in and it goes oh, around, yeah, it goes around and yeah. around. And so I basically tell people when you're starting on that journey, you have to drop that quarter in and you have your quarter has to go around because you have to be really scrappy at first and kind of try, 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 beta test, see, because what a lot of times what you're thinking isn't really going to make it for what the customer wants or what you think is the idea. And so that's where I'm like, once you drop that, you've got to be scrappy. But eventually, you as it goes around, you have to like 
funnel that thought in and get really focused. So I think I try to use that analogy a lot with new business owners and new entrepreneurs. That is such a great analogy. I've never heard it in a business. <laughs> right, the coins right. come close. So some about, of them I don't, don't make it. I think about that different every time I see it now. Yeah. I know. I'm going right? to go look for one of those yeah. things. They because and even when you drop more quarters in, sometimes it doesn't make it. So you have to think of like sometimes that business, you just have to let it go. It wasn't the right one. And I, Ooh, I feel like there's such yeah. a good analogy. I like it when the coin just stops spinning. It's got to drops in the hole. I it just like goes fast. Well, because sometimes you find that focus really fast too. Or you start and you're getting all of the testing and you're like, man, this is it. And that's where you then start to hone your energy towards. Oh, so, so I feel like and maybe I, this, this is not the case. Maybe it's just me. I feel like most entrepreneurs and smaller business owners are scared to death of the beta testing and the secret shopping because they don't want to know like how bad mm-hmm. it is. Is that Do you run into that a lot in your consulting and helping with on the business side? Yeah, I think there's something to be said when someone builds something, they're very attached to it. Mm-hmm. And letting new... I just love that she had a big cringeworthy <laughs> smile on her face when you even asked her that question. She's like, oh, yeah. And I kind of say, when I'm, when I'm about to work with you, think of when you go on a run and you get that running cramp in your side. And you're like, this is terrible. I want to stop running. So I am that person that I'm like, you will you're not like me for those, that first little bit of time. I would always think of that different now, too, every time I experience it. It's like, oh, that's just Amy. So, Amy. so I'm going to give you that side cramp, and you're going to get that side At least side I'm not getting a vasectomy. This is <laughs> side cramps, okay. Maybe you should come out with some, like, a wrap that you can wear to keep the cramp away. When you're uh, yeah, so it, it kind of cramps people's, st- you know, they're not used to having someone look into their things, hand yeah. over Google Drives, say, let's try to rewrite these things. Or I even have to say, if you leave for three weeks or three months, can people function? And a lot of times it's, no, I haven't even written things out. And so I think once they see, okay, if we can write these things out, if we can make some slides, if we can video record this, we can really start to delegate a lot of the work that you don't want to be doing and you're not good at. Because a lot of times that business owner, they need to be managing big relations. They need to be in a visionary seat. And they're managing the weeds and they're just, they're caught, stopping. I don't know if you felt this way last <laughs> week when we met, but when she came out, like in the first like two minutes of us sitting down meeting, and that's the first time we met in person. We've known of each other and yeah. known each other a long time. She's like, yeah, I, sh- I secret shopped you guys. I wanted to get up and run out of the room. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. This is, yeah. this is not starting off the, the way yeah. I expected. Like, oh, I, wasn't, I wasn't expecting me to feel nauseous so, so quick. So let's have some fun. Obviously, like secret shopping is somewhat your hobby mm-hmm. and something you figured out how to turn into a huge, valuable skill set uh, on growing and consulting with businesses. So I assume you secret shopped us on the way in today. Oh, oh I, I was a little bit. So... Tell us about I, <laughs> it. Where do we perform well? Where do we perform? It was more? good. I was offered a drink. I was okay. greeted right away. Okay. You came down right on time. Can't say that for Josh. I can't say that for Josh. <laughs> so I. W- Listen, Amy. <laughs> the way it works in podcasting is that the co-host always meets Josh the guest. A, Josh is the gets star. everything set up, and then the host comes in right about time to get started. Because they're typically kind of, the host is typically like the, the prima donna, yes. really big ego, stuff like that. Josh so. And I did write that down. One of the things that you don't have clarified, which causes confusion, is who is the host? I'm pretty sure it's clarified. Who is the real host or who needs the credit <laughs> for being the host? It, 
Maybe this needs There's to go to two the audience. Different situations going on here. I mean, if you look at who has the dressing room and who wears pajamas and who's the high maintenance <laughs> celebrity acting type, Josh is the host. If you look at who's the smart one with the nice hair, carrying the podcast and doing all the work, then I would say you I'm the do host. have so nice hair. It really, just you depends really on how nice you define hair, host. I think it takes both of us. Yeah, I agree. Right. Maybe you can figure out how to put this into a process of us. So Chad greeted funneling you. out. Chad we, greeted. He's a great greeter. I feel like this accountant thing. So much energy, right on time, positive. Yes. You know what? He should quit this accounting gig right now. He should go get a job at Moe's. He would be so good. I don't want him to quit, though, because he disrupts the market. And if you can disrupt the market, like I say, you have a strong product. So normally, accountants are supposed to be, you know, kind of studious, very organized. Well, you are organized. You wouldn't expect that an accountant would be able to, like, you know, carry a conversation. Talk somebody into moving across the country. Be a host of an extremely popular podcast. Be the co-host of an extremely popular podcast. (laughs) I agree with you, Chad. Oh, he is. He does so, so are you telling sure. us you got you got to give our audience a little bit of some negative secret shopping experience will happen to Yeah, tell us it's something It's got to be something, us. right? Pick us apart. We're currently reading How to Win Friends and Influence People, so we'd like to give you an opportunity I, to do neither. Honestly, there wasn't anything that stuck out of my head that was terrible. I mean, I came, I'm in this really nice recording studio. It's put together. The tables are clean. We have a laminated instruction. You have sheet. a la- yeah, yeah. They yeah, that's are a big deal there. guest guidelines. It's laminated and it's simple to read. So this right here already tells me that you're prepared. Who, Kate, Justin, you? Justin, who did that? Kate, Justin, Josh, we have made it. We've been secret <laughs> shopped and we scored a hundred. No, we've been touch point mapped. Boom. <laughs> we have been touch point mapped. Everything is is it. great. So in my in I'm thinking this is the best was, podcast you've ever been. To. <laughs> <laughs> We will now take a short break to hear a message from our sponsors. Stronger Business is sponsored in part by J. Max Clothiers, located in Watkinsville, Georgia, and servicing the Southeast. Johnny Mac is passionate about bringing you custom-made clothing that helps you reflect who you are and fuels your confidence. Check him out online at jmaxclothiers.com. I tell you what, if there was ever someone who could help you dress to impress, it's my man, Johnny Mac. And with that... We'll continue our conversation with Amy Whipple. <laughs> I love it. All right. This went way better than Is there our something last bad though? Week. Come on, give us some criticism. Tell us something bad. We're asking for it. I don't oh She's too nice of a person to really drill us right there. Don't think too hard. All right. We're good. Yeah. I'm good. We got enough criticism last week with Stronger Business Summit. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. I would... Are we going into that? Yeah, let's go. <laughs> you tell us. You let's want to talk, talk if it. you want to talk bad about us, Amy, and that's a, a level playing field for talking bad about us. Let's, let's roll with it. it. We so, are a pretty open book with stuff. I think that's. Are. I would give us credit there. We make ourselves vulnerable in this podcast. We got Dr. Natasha Gannel, who you're friends with and mm-hmm. consultants with at Lion Leadership, to like talk about our personalities, like reveal. We didn't even know what she was going to share with us. So we are kind of an open book for those types of things to be able to give criticism and see how we respond. Um, and I think there's part of it that we enjoy with that because it's kind of real time. It makes us feel a little different. So, you're, Amy, you're free to share. Okay. Anything you want so to share So, let's update our audience for a second. Okay. We're working together mm-hmm. in a consulting format. That was a great time for our co-host to because jump in, by the way. We should have recorded out. last week. We should have recorded. That would have been I, the see, episode. I don't know that I was ready to be that vulnerable yet. Now that we a little bit know what's going on, we, we will start recording this. We will share more in clips. For what's to come. Oh, yeah, that's good. With stronger mm-hmm. business consulting. But to update our audience, 
We just finished year two of the Stronger Business Summit. Mm-hmm. We love what we're doing. Uh, we know the vision and the passion behind what we're trying to build with the Stronger Business Summit, but we see an opportunity to make it stronger, to improve, to build more of a year-round experience and something that is a sustainable model around the Stronger Business Summit and the Stronger Business brand, which is where you come in to help us figure that out mm-hmm. and help take me from doing a lot of the work and everything being stuck in my head and mm-hmm. me being in some process that's holding up the scalability of this thing. And let's get it on paper and let's figure out how to do it in a format where this thing can be delegated and have different layers of management. Did I mm-hmm. sum that up correctly? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So I think uh, where you guys want to go with the brand is really cool because you do have this event that happens once a year and then people don't hear a whole lot until that event. And so I think what we talked about is just having some clarity throughout the year of how are we going to bring people together multiple times a year and then also... um... You can say whatever. (laughs) Roll with whatever. Freedom to speak. Yeah. Well, I think I think it. one of the first things that I wanted to ask you guys is who is this conference for? You know, we yeah. have we have to really look at what type of entrepreneur is this for the person that isn't an entrepreneur? Is this for the person that's in the beginning stages? We have a little bit of a shotgun approach. We're trying to build an audience of a wide range of people. And mm-hmm. I don't think we've identified, and I think this is part of where it's so valuable having you come in and help us. Mm-hmm. Who is our ideal customer? Who, who is the attendee that we want to build this around? And we haven't been able to define that. We have just said, hey, let's put on an awesome life-changing conference. Mm-hmm. And let's try to get employees there and business owners and entrepreneurs and friends of ours and people thinking about starting a business. And everything in between and throw together a whole bunch of different type speakers from different backgrounds and different levels of success. And mm-hmm. I mean, it's just this huge, I feel like with what you're saying there. So it goes, it relates to Amy's story. So she gets out of the, the, the first business you start post face painting business, <laughs> the, the, the first business you start in your adult life and you, and you scale out of that business. And then you're like, I know I want to do something. So let me go and look and see what I want to do. But you had a general idea. Like you said, like, do I want to be a EOS implementer? Um, mm-hmm. Do I want to you know, be a story brand consultant? You knew the direction you were moving in, which mm-hmm. was working with businesses to help them refine something. Mm-hmm. And I think with both the, the, the podcast, we started a podcast. We're like, we want to do a podcast for entrepreneurs. So Stronger Business Summit. Let's do an event in Athens that's entrepreneurial in focus. That's for business folks. Ultimately, our objective was to create a product, but there wasn't necessarily an extremely clear idea of mm-hmm. who is your ideal customer. So what we would know right now is like, if you said, who is the Stronger Business Summit for? Mm-hmm. We could tell you that in general answers, but we would say our objective has been to do a business conference and then to put butts in seats. Mm-hmm. But it hasn't necessarily been whose butts need to be in the seats. It's just like anybody's butts <laughs> in the Our seats. audience has been, I think it's just too broad. It's been, for me, the business community. Mm-hmm. How do we bring the business community together? How do we build an event that brings everybody in the business community together Mm-hmm. to have a place we can celebrate wins together, that we can learn, we can grow, and we can build some sort of influence as well as business owners and and become more involved in the decision-making process of our communities and what we're doing and how we're helping and growing each other. But I think that is hard to define into who are the butts in the seats, how, sure. how are we picking the speakers. It 
it really has been just this hodgepodge of vision and work to throw a bunch of stuff together. And let's, for the first year, can we pull this off? Yes. And then for this past, this one we just completed this year was, how do we make it a little better than last year? Yeah. Sure. Can and, we do it again? And, and, can we do and it now again? it's like, all right, now we know we can do this. We know how to throw a business conference. How do we make it better? Correct. How do we treat this like a business? And how do we define some of these things? And, and I think, too, when you look at the entrepreneurs, there's I like to say there's five different types of entrepreneurs out there. There's the person that, A, I don't even want to be an entrepreneur, but they're involved in the space. And then you have people that are um, they want to be an entrepreneur, but they are just stuck in that wonder phase, right? And then you have the side gig entrepreneur that's dabbling, and then you have the all-in who's gone all-in. And so you have all of these audiences to speak to. And then you also have the guide entrepreneur. So you guys, you figured out success. You're trying to help guide other people. And so I think for next year, a lot of it is looking at which speakers are going to speak to which type of entrepreneur or person that's in the audience as well. Okay. And figuring some of that out yeah. too will so be let, helpful. So let me ask you this. I feel like as an entrepreneur, we're really good at learning from our mistakes and other people's mistakes. Uh-huh. Let's let's share some mistakes here. What are the? I mean, you've secret shopped us. You've done some okay. research on stronger business, stronger business summit. What are our five biggest mistakes we've made so far? So I think one of the things is it to me when I secret shopped, people didn't quite know sometimes where to park or once they were at the welcome center area. So I think next year it's how do we create this welcome team that they have shirts on. We have people out in the parking lot. We have people that are trained to know where to tell people what to do. So we had a weak first impression, our like welcome yeah. experience. Yes, the welcome. confusion and a little bit of, I would use the word maybe alienation. Like people felt like a little bit disoriented or like, ah, I didn't the quite signs. know did, They just didn't know if they were all set. And so I think yeah. one of the things that I want to really work on with you guys is how do we create a 10 welcome experience and what are the behaviors that need to happen for yes. everything. I want that too. Yeah. So we're basically, we're going to map out, you know, every they, business needs that. Every single thing that's going to happen before they even come in. Are they going to get an email the morning of, are they going to get maybe music tunes to play on the way to the conference? Oh my God. What are some of the things that are going to this happen? This is brilliant. In this the parking gold, lot, Amy. are you guys going to be running around in costumes or handing out a popsicle? You name it, what's going to be happening. But we want to create that wow experience before people even show up. So to wanna, me, that's what we're going to – I want to create a lot of that and bump a lot of that up. I want to do that with my tax clients. I want to send them like, here's the song you're going to listen to <laughs> as you're driving to the office. Like, <laughs> Hey, I will say – all right, so to, to pivot on that, one of the things I'll give you some credit for, you did this last year, and I thought it was brilliant. And so Chad changed with, with COVID. Everything was crazy, right? So mm -hmm. Chad's – the, the user experience or the client experience typically for the tax shelter business would be people would walk in and they would – sit in the waiting room together mm -hmm. well last year he ripped off chick-fil-a and lots of other people eventually but he put up parking signs and so people when they parked they would sit in their car and they would text and say that they were there and they would wait in their car and what i loved about that is you created in a very uncomfortable time you created a much more welcoming experience they knew exactly what to do when they got mm -hmm. here they were they're you know parking space 17. It, i told him i was like man that was brilliant what you guys did there and i don't know if it was your idea completely or who did it but it just created the the client experience and mm -hmm. when it could be really awkward made it better than it was before. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Overall, yeah. amazing thing. But I 100% agree with you, Amy, when it comes to that. And I love that you said too, before they even show up, I'm like, oh man, like 
so yes. smart. Are they getting, you know, five yeah. days, we can't wait to see you. Three days, guess what? Here's the schedule. Read on the speakers. Sign up. Really working through that touch point experience with each guest so and they feel ready and they're you're waiting, you know, they're excited. And as, I mean, again, as a detail-oriented entrepreneur, that never crosses my mind. I'm always worried about, like, the moment the event starts, the appointment starts. Uh-huh. Like, we don't ever, I don't ever think about, like, Yes. The pre-plan or what happens yes. before 9 o'clock. The clarity be- on the or website. Or before they walk into my office to get a tax return done or before they sit down at mm-hmm. the first speaker or the intro comes out for Stronger Business Summit. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. It's like so, a getting ready to be a parent book. There's think, I think there's a getting ready to be a parent book called something mm-hmm. like what to expect before you're expecting. Yeah. And that's the, that's it, though. Like This is what you should expect before you're We can make person. an awesome experience before it even freaking starts. Yes. Yeah. And I think yeah. your your core values of the energy and fun and passion and what you guys stand for, that's what's really fun, and that's what I like to take out and put it into some of these touch points along the way. Um, the other thing that I would say is when you have speakers and when you have people in the room, you have got to get feedback. So that ticket out the door. Uh, When someone speaks, how do we say, scan, QR code, tell me what you thought, how do we rate them, just to get that instant feedback? What can we be doing better? Instant feedback. So say this isn't feedback six weeks down the road when it's not fresh. This is you want to get feedback as fast as you can. We need to be learning in real time. Real time. How to get stronger, how to make our event better. Yes. How to know what speakers connect with what members of our audience. Yes. Because I think if we can say... Which type of entrepreneur are you? Let's say they're a season one, and then who was the speaker? Because maybe that's something that we look at is this menu, and we say, hey, this person is really geared towards uh, a business, a new business startup, but this person is really geared with networking and seasoned and franchising, and I think there's different spaces, and I I think we can figure that out. So do you think all businesses need to do this? Does everybody need to be surveying their customers immediately regarding their experience or service? If you're working with me, I like to have that as one of, as a checkpoint. So once you're writing what you want to be happening, how are you checking that the processes are happening? So if you have 10 new people working under you and you want them doing it a particular way, how do you know that that's happening? And I feel like sometimes you can say to yourself, oh, that's happening. But really, how does the customer think or what do they think is it happening with the customer or even from like a solopreneur standpoint i think this is a great idea Uh but the customer may not be receiving that as a great change or great idea Mm -hmm. okay all right so keep going well i got a question for you on that hold on our host has a question yeah seriously when the host talks the co-host stops that's the way that's the rule give a mic cut off yeah seriously just mute this guy one of the things we realized is, so Amy, you did a great job of actually going out and, and soliciting some feedback for us mm-hmm. from people that attended Stronger Business Summit, and you provided us with that feedback. Well, we just mentioned earlier, we don't necessarily have a very clear picture of who our ideal attendee is. Mm-hmm. And so therefore, the feedback we're getting may or may not be from our future ideal mm-hmm. attendee. And so being able to segment, well, this person that falls into this kind of user base, this is what they had to say. I'll give an example. Uh, not based off of the of the groups, but of some of the feedback. We heard the music was too loud and it was hard to network. We also heard mm-hmm. you should have a live band playing in the networking hour. So it's like you get a <laughs> mixture of information. And not to say you couldn't get that from the exact same segment, but when we're looking at how do we create the best experience for our ideal 
client. Mm-hmm. We got to define our ideal we client gotta first. Yeah. Because they gotta, have different needs. And we have to ask yeah. them for their feedback, right? Yeah. And be able to notice the feedback yeah. that came from us. So I appreciate you doing that. So we had the welcome experience, uh, helping people know it's, you know, making a good first impression before they're even there to get the true first impression, mm-hmm. getting immediate feedback. Is there anything else that was a major thing you could see from the event where you would think that might be useful for us? Um, I think one of the feedback pieces was this is a really good opportunity to network, but I think we have to put the ask somewhere in there for people to really go deep with the network. Like this is the, for the next hour, we're going to, everyone has to pass out 20 business or how are we going to put networking in there? as an ask that we actually do to the audience. I I think that comes from the secret shopping because my personality on some level hates formal networking. So that is something as uh, somebody that's influencing some of the decisions behind what we do and how we schedule it, that would have been nowhere even close in my mind of something we need to offer, which shows the value of the secret shopping. And Well, and me too. I would say the yeah. same thing. I'd say like if you were going to try to segment like a, you know, speed dating type networking for me, I'd be like, oh. Yeah, go to freaking B&I. <laughs> this is not. Exactly right. Yeah. Oh, Interesting. That's, okay. Yeah, but that, but that being my said, business cards are at. we're also here as the, you know, kind of conference organizers, assuming that everybody that's attending is like that, right? Mm-hmm. And what we're doing on our side, we're seeing like, wow, we're creating this opportunity to network, which we are forgetting that some of the people that are attending are rookie networkers and Mm -hmm. they're a little bit more intimidated to walk up to somebody. And so we're not empowering them to network Mm -hmm. though. We're creating the opportunity. We're not equipping them to go and actually do it. We are like, if our ideal target, you know, market is people just like me and you, we're fine. Just network an hour, go for it. But if it's broader than that, or if it's more specific, they're scared to come talk to Chad Brown. They're scared of that. The Mm -hmm. guy's perfect hair. You know, it's just, it's it's (laughs) intimidating, man. It's always like there's a fan blowing somewhere. It's just feathering that stuff out. Do like a rock video or something. <laughs> All right, give us more. Uh, follow up. How did you follow up after the event? We hired you. That's what. <laughs> that was our only strategy. Hire Amy. Well, it depends on how uh, what you consider follow up. Is it how am I going to follow up before the end of the year? I have that very defined. How have I followed up in the last uh, five weeks? Uh, I have not at all. We do not have a pre-planned, strategic, systematic mm-hmm. process for, for follow-up. Because we don't have a pre-planned, strategic process that works of how we put this event on, so we put so much work in getting it here and getting it done, we have not had the time or the post-energy on some level mm-hmm. to build this out and do this big follow-up. It's, it takes so much, because we're so scattered and we haven't put it on paper and we don't have processes and we don't have mm-hmm. handbooks and these things, it takes a lot of work to make the event happen. So when it's done, it's somewhat got to be out of sight, out of mind mm-hmm. for a little while. But you get this to where we're at now, no follow-up, no feedback, uh, no surveys. Takes you have until early. Friday. I have until Friday. I will meet my dad on. You've got some homework, too. I don't know. Josh is right now going through some anti-email deal. I don't know. So okay. I don't even know if Hold you on checked a second. it. But. Would I get an email today? No. No, you got an email like Monday. I requested access to some form I didn't have access to. I don't know if that was... Supposed to do. I did read the You're talking about spam response. here, brother. Okay. Hey, <laughs> I have done. Hey, I have legitimately. Like, hey, these are the eight things I need you to do I by have, Friday. I have done my. I've done my homework. Like, I might not have done that. I will knock that out. <laughs> <laughs> I've 
done some of my homework. No, really though, honestly, you put on a really great event for our community. And I think it can only continue to get better. And as we just put some of these, I like to call them plays, as we put some of these plays and behaviors that need to be happening, it's really going to strengthen the event. So So I'll tell you the challenge for me. And again, this is how this kind of snowballs is after the event, a lot of pieces had to get picked up that mm-hmm. had been neglected in business and life and so a lot of other things. So there isn't any follow-up. And I'm like, I need to follow up. I need to do this. I need to do that. I need to share this link to the speakers. And I'm like, I'll do that this weekend. Well, this weekend comes and I'm not able to fit into the schedule. And then here we are five weeks down the road. And I'm like, God, I still haven't followed up. Like, man, it's kind of too late. I feel bad about following up now. Man, I shouldn't have neglected this. Like, let me just drop it all together. So it, it almost like gets so deferred for me in the process because I do not have a strategic plan behind it. I haven't built it out. I don't have any delegation behind somebody helping me post-event that sure. we get to this place. And I'm like, Ugh, it just like feels bad now. Which is so, an interesting yeah. thing in regards to it. So, and this is for any entrepreneur that's out there is that it can get easy to do. Chad, what you're somewhat saying that you're doing, which is I didn't execute the way I wished I would have executed because I wasn't planned for it, because I was busy doing all this other stuff. And now I'm just going to kind of beat myself up about it and then not do the right thing. Well, I can almost hide it if I don't do it now. Yeah, but I'm to like, come uh, out. Like, oh, Chad yeah. followed up six weeks later. Yeah, maybe it's just out of sight, out of mind. But that being said, this is definitely yeah. still like, even though it's been like, hey, we've done this for, you know, over over a year now. But it's it's the second time we've done an event. So it's still in startup phase. It's still in sure. the, the, like, we've really just now put the product out for the second time. So mm-hmm. we're kind of the, the opportunity to really get in, I think, to the nitty gritty and analyze some of these things. So what I want to mention is that it's easy as an entrepreneur to get really down on yourself because you didn't execute the way that you, the perfect world, the way you wanted to execute instead of being like celebrating the fact that you executed anything to begin with. And so again, not getting too overly emotional and critical about the things that you dropped. So you got to be able to, to study and see the things that you gained as well. So Amy, thank you so much because you mentioned that. You're like, look, you guys put on a great event. Here's some things we can make it that we can work on to make it even greater. But like, let's not forget that you got a product out, like you manufactured yeah. and you distributed, yeah. and then you got your product. There's been a in the lot of big wins people. here. Yeah, and I absolutely. Think it, and I think it comes back to you too. A point you made earlier in, in your early entrepreneurial journeys is just do, just yes. just do it. And I think we get caught up, me especially as an entrepreneur, like I want somewhat perfection in that follow up. You know, mm-hmm. I want to build the survey. I want the links to all the speakers. I want like the perfect little rah rah email, yeah. and so. What turns into this like search for like this perfection of a follow up turns into five weeks later you haven't yet there's been no follow up. So and I one think of that's the songs, the, there's some lyrics in the song from Martin Sexton. One ounce of action beats eternal words. And so I think the fact oh, that you guys good. are yeah. creating action versus just talk, that's the biggest step. And then. Secondly, too, what I love to do is instead of working harder next year, I want to take a lot of your templates, a lot of your email templates, everything like that. We're going to save a lot of that. So it, it creates this system in this process so you can go back and you don't have to start from phase one. So that's another thing I'm really excited to do with you guys is once we build a great survey, sure, we, we're constantly upgrading. And I say that. You look at the iPhone. There's been 29 iterations and you, you're, you have to upgrade every year, but also don't start from scratch. Like we just need to get things centralized for you guys, especially out of your brain so other people can 
begin to understand here's what needs to be done, here's when the deadline happens, here's what it needs to look like, what are the behaviors, and then we're making sure those are happening. So I'm, I'm actually really excited. I love here. that you bring up the iPhone too because part of, what, part of the strategy that Apple used to become as successful as they are is that they would put out their product knowing that there was bugs in it. And mm -hmm. then they would say, and people would line up to go buy Absolutely. the new phone, right? And they, But they would do it on purpose, and they would say, like, hey, look, you're our ideal customer, and we want to get this out to you. We know it's not perfect. We know it's got some problems, and we want your feedback. Tell us what we need to fix. And that's, I mean, again, people put this, the Apple sticker on their car now from doing things like that. So I think a lot of times, again, as entrepreneurs, we can get hung up wanting to, you know, we get stuck in the uh, paralysis of analysis or holding on before we put out the perfect product. But ultimately, if you're leaning forward in good faith and putting it out and you're winning the trust from your customers and then getting their feedback, again, which is part of the thing, right? You mentioned mm -hmm. that. Get their feedback on it so you can make the changes that you yes. need to make to make the experience or make the product better for the user. So I love that as well. So let's dive in a little bit on the logistics behind what we're doing. Mm -hmm. So you're coming on board and we've hired you to consult and help us build Stronger Business Summit and Stronger Business Brand into mm -hmm. something more valuable for our audience and help to find some of these things mm -hmm. and, and make it easier on us, more sustainable, more successful, easier to delegate, grow. What does this look like? Like, how long is this process? What are we going to be left with in the end? What, what do the business owners and entrepreneurs uh, expect when they go through a session with you of okay. stuff like this? So I, what I like to say is the first thing that we're going to do is we're going to have to get all of the vision out of your head. And mm -hmm. we're going to have to, I like to say, we're going to create those quick processes where what needs to happen, here's how it needs to happen. And we're also going to put things into slides. So that way, when you're talking about Stronger Business Summit and you have someone new that's on the team, you can take them through the vision, what the welcome area looks like, what the speakers look like, maybe what type of slides the speakers need to use. We're going to look at all these different processes and kind of make it very clear. So do most people need a visual? I think so, because okay. visionaries naturally know exactly what they want to happen and they know exactly what they want it to look like. But a lot of times it's making sure whoever's working on that process knows exactly what it's going to look like. So the first thing is we're really going to have to work around getting things out of your head into some systems. And then also, I like to say, just creating some of those quick slides, quick trainings. Um, the next thing that we're gonna do is we're gonna kind of create some of the checkpoints. So what type of checklist needs to be made? How, what are the deadlines? We're gonna look at the whole process and kind of zoom out and get a whole year of when things need to happen, how it needs to happen, who's responsible, because that's another thing is there's a lot of blurred lines of who's doing what. And so we really have to make sure when you transfer ownership to someone that they're really well trained in what they're, what they're about to do. Um, and then we're going to kind of centralize this information. So if you can't be here or Josh can't be here, where is all of this information going to lie? Is it going to be on a landing page where interns, whoever can jump into to look at and to use? Um, and then from there, we can print things out. And then after that, we're just going to be continuously training. So how are we going to continue to train throughout the whole year or through this process where nothing gets dropped? So people are going to be hearing your voice weekly, whether that's through Loom videos, whether that's through meetings, but we're really going to try to make sure that process is really tight as well. So okay. in the end, yeah, I, the goal is that you will have processes that are so simple for people to understand that if you're not doing them, they're getting done the way that you want them to be done. And so when you say simple, you mean like on paper with pictures and maybe with even some sort of diagrams of what to do, not necessarily spelled out in 
Correct. Word document format. Yeah. Yeah. It's painting a vision, communicating in a different way. And and when you say things like uh, landing pages and hosting somewhere, what what do we need to be using for that? Where where are these? So let me give you a good explanation around this is I'm sure a lot of people say, hey, you should have this speaker. This person should speak at your conference. So we would create maybe a page on your website that says, here's how we're going to define this process. If you would like to be a speaker, you have to fill out this application. You have to send in a 20 minute video. We have a board that meets and decides on this day. We review everything. So what we try to do is look at the processes that you're really getting bogged down in and then say, how are we going to make a process around this so that it's very streamlined and it's not scattered. Okay. Yeah. And and it all starts coming together. Every little piece we add on becomes more systematized and mm-hmm. works together yep. to meet the questions and deliver to us the information that connects the most with our ideal customer. Mm-hmm. So as you're saying that, Amy, I wrote down four things. One was clarity. So we got to get the vision on paper and we got to kind of add a little bit of color to it. So in clarity from the standpoint of not just like what it sounds like when I read it, but no, almost like a visual image of, hey, let's make it where people can look at it and feel like they get a, a clear picture mm-hmm. of what it is we're going for. The second was checklist. Mm-hmm. So all right, if that's the clear picture we're going for, what are the things that we need to do to accomplish to, to get mm-hmm. to that picture? Uh, the third thing is, all right, well, the, the calendar, like we got to get it on the calendar and then know who's responsible for completing mm-hmm. that task. And then the fourth thing is the consistent communication. Continuous you said like training. you got a training, consistent training, continuous training, I think it's the word you use, but I, I wrote down communication because I feel like one of the challenges that we would have experienced, and I think most businesses, most entrepreneurs, most visionaries, they struggle with the consistent communication piece because they feel like everyone must be tired of hearing them say the same thing, mm-hmm. realizing that every time I say the same thing, I hear me saying it. I'm listening to me, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean that you are. Mm-hmm. And so we got to say it over and over and over, over again. and over and until over and until we're nauseous and over again until you're nauseous. Until we feel the Amy yes. cramp. <laughs> and in I our say, running spirit. I like to use a VIP meeting. So I'm always saying you're always pitching out the vision and the values. You're always taking that I and inspiring. You're giving out information, and in that P, you're always processing, correcting, or praising. You know, you're really trying to say, "Here's where we're going. This is what we need to do." Here's also what's not happening. And people have to be hearing that we- just weekly. <laughs> That's so good because, I mean, again, I think that you've taken like some very significant things and that could be complex and you've broken it down into some sections that make it actionable for anybody. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about a business conference, but sure. ultimately mm-hmm. forget that. Let's talk about, you know, we own a cleaning company. Same thing, same yep. steps, exactly same the same thing. And oftentimes we run into issues in that business because we have gaps and overlaps. Mm-hmm. Oh, no one's doing that. Oh, two people are doing that, which mm-hmm. oftentimes leads to a gap because, oh, I thought he was doing it because yes. two people were responsible. So all these things, I mean, this is just standard just structure to a company. Yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I think too next year, so when when you, we talk about overhauling the welcome experience and we, we talk about making a process around the welcome experience, then that's something that I would come in and say, okay, was I greeted two times? Were there costumes running around? Was everything clear? Did I get my name badge within one minute and know where to go by the signage? So I will like the things that we actually want happening, then then I circle back around to say, did this actually happen? And was it happening consistent, consistently? All right. Here's the million dollar question. We have all this down. How do we get people to do it? Is that where the vision comes in? That's my fear of this whole process is we get a lot of awesome stuff on paper, 
and we still can't get the delegation or the buy-in or the work and responsibility to take for people to do what we have on paper for the process or the experience to look like. Sure. Okay, so with that, I think that's where we have to be infusing just that VIP where we're where they know why they're here. They know that their work matters. Um, but I would say around that, I do believe that if people are managing it well, and I do believe that it will happen. Um, okay. I think you just said it, Amy. I think one of the challenges... Because you have this... It's continuous. You're communicating it out. You're checking because we have these rubrics. We have these things that we're making sure are happening. And we're telling them we want these behaviors happening. We're centralizing the information where everybody can go to a place. And then we're also kind of scorecarding. They're hearing from you. We're getting people amped up. So, And I guess the problem is, as grabbing everything and doing as an entrepreneur, you don't have the time to communicate or to mm-hmm. circle around these things or to do these checks. And so... By delegating properly, we can, at a higher level, focus on these things. But have you have to delegate to someone that has the shared values that you have. True. If you're delegating to someone and they're... Because if they don't share the values of the company, then they may have some internal, like an inter, like just personal values that are driven toward hard work that would tend to get them to carry off what it is they're doing. But when something like what we've done with the summit, we're largely using volunteer work. I know that you've done a lot of work with mm-hmm. some some organizations that utilize volunteers or nonprofits. You've worked with Athens Church. You've worked with, which was so funny because we've had so many people from these organizations. We've had Sean C. from <laughs> Athens Church on the podcast. We've had Laura Whitaker from Extra Special People. We've had Shonda Santana from Divas Who Win. We've, um, and then this is not nonprofit. This goes more into the um, for-profit space. But Dr. Natasha Gannam with Lion Leadership. So many of our past podcast guests have been there. But the values, like we don't have a very clear set defined values that, that we're always in front of people, the clarity mm-hmm. piece of it, they get the vision on paper. They don't see like, what's the why? Mm-hmm. And is the why so clear and inspirational to me, the V the I of VIP, am I inspired by the values and the vision of this place enough to where I'm willing to do the work? And I think that's where we've fallen short is yeah. that mm-hmm. we've gotten people who say, yeah, I'll do the work and we get to give them the work and like, then they may or may not win. Right. Mm-hmm. Or, and then, you know, maybe we didn't communicate clearly. So I think there's, there's so yeah. many gaps on, um, Again, I would say, too, I think we've executed and done something pretty cool. But I also see, as, as Amy mentions these things, I'm like, oh, yeah, we need to do that better and that better and that better. So it's really cool to get the feedback, even on her side. Yeah. You know, a regular, pseudo, use that word, but conference uh, attendee wouldn't came up with the same things logically or speak them, but they would have the same things internally on the feeling base. What mm-hmm. expectations did you have met? What expectations failed to meet? You know, failed, did they fail to meet? Mm-hmm. But you can persona, like bring the words to all this mm-hmm. stuff, mm-hmm. which is awesome. Yes. yes, and that's what a lot of times the visionaries say is, wow, I was thinking all of this and you were able to just framework and put it out on paper and make it, you know, mock up the pictures and just make it digest- digestible. So I love it. So Amy, I already know. So we'll, we'll, Chad, here's what we're about to do. Uh, let's do it. I'm in. You're not going to be as excited when I say this. Oh, we're going to land. We're going to land the plane here. What's he going to say? Oh man, I He's, knew that was coming. He, gives, he makes fun of me for suddenly landing the plane. Land the plane every week. Amy, I want to land the plane here because I want to. You are. You got you got clients. You're busy. Like, I don't think that you're in this desperate need of clients. I don't know if you can even take on any. We may never let you go on our side, either. I've got her hired for a stair <laughs> of different companies. Chad's got all kinds of dreams out of my Chad's like, I, after this podcast, i got a vision for yeah, you. Amy's like guaranteeing <laughs> if I get it on paper, it's all going to work perfect. So I'm in. I'm so Tell us about the type of 
companies that you work with or the type of opportunities that you like, uh, who is the, the company that Amy Whipple would go and say, okay, let me, let me help you out. The ideal client for Amy Whipple. Uh, so my ideal client is a lot of times someone that if they're looking to franchise and they would need to see if their systems are really good and really simplified to franchise. So I like to say I like to work with organizations that eventually if they want to franchise, I can help clarify their systems. Um, I also like to work with companies that have a really top visionary that they just need to be able to get things out of their head so that they can delegate. So anytime someone wants to delegate, that's another one of my um, really top clients that I love to work with too. So. Do most visionaries in that scenario need to hire somebody or do they already have this, the team and the staff they need? They just haven't figured out how to communicate it. Uh, I see, I see both because sometimes the team needs to be built, but most of the time they know what they want and I can kind of work as that integrator to take their vision, put it out on paper and make sure it happens and be the bad guy, secret shopping, checking, making sure the behaviors are happening and right. report back. Should, should business owners be secret shopping their own business or Absolutely. do they just need to hire somebody to do that? Or either way. Have you ever seen undercover CEO? <laughs> oh yeah. It was like an awesome I mean, this show, is what right? the old thing's yeah. about. Those guys are touch point mappers. Yeah. Is that still on? That should still be on. I don't know. I, I secret shop all the time. So they need to be secret shopping all the time, sending people out you looking at things. I'm mm-hmm. going to dress up, get my taxes done <laughs> next week. It's going to be uh, yeah, awesome. Yeah, we, we have some cool things at Lion Leadership. So Should I be a blonde are... or a brunette? It's going to oh, be great. <laughs> we also have a whole team Can't at Lion Leadership. Like, yeah, so he's so excited about dress up time, Amy. He won't let you finish your sentence. Tell us. All right, go well, ahead. I, 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 no, no, I said we have a whole team at Lion Leadership. So if it's something that I can't do, Natasha, she's writing a book. We have a whole program that we can take businesses through that are in growth, which is called Accelerate. It's eight-week program, eight-session program. We also have uh, Accelerate, which we're coaching clients through. So a lot of cool things, networking events. Answers to all our problems. Hopefully. I like it. All right. Well, speaking of problems, what is the number one one problem you see, the most common thing uh, that's an issue when you walk into a business uh, consulting with somebody or a nonprofit? What's... What's the, what's the mistake most of us are out there making that's pretty easy to identify? I would say the top mistake is if I say, can, can I, if you were to hand me your files and, I need to, and you're sick for five months, could this place operate? That's where I see the issue is there just hasn't been any foundation or any processes clearly laid out or people are trained on them. And we expect people to know what to do mm-hmm. or to be able to perform at a high level when as owners or operators, we haven't put anything in paper yes. or haven't delegated. I mean, I know how to do this. So obviously everybody that works for me knows how to do I've it and knows it the way I want to do it. 20 years, it seems really easy. I don't understand why you can't just do it. Yeah, yeah I see that. So if, if you're training 10 new accountants, do you have, how are you onboarding them? What is the cycle that you're taking them through the client's do they have all the documents? I'm I'm looking for a lot of that. If, so I can, if I'm fresh eyes, can I take your processes and actually try to do it and follow it? So I can connect you to my consultant, Amy Whipple, and she can help me. <laughs> <laughs> Which, this is awesome too, man. So this is what I love that Chad is, as you've, you've co-hosted so well. By the way, today. this podcast is getting really expensive for me. It's <laughs> like the last five guests I've hired. Oh yeah, he does, man. He is. He does. He hires like everybody that comes we on the show. Got to generate some revenue. Uh, yeah, it's amazing. So we want to thank our sponsor, Lion Leadership, for the day. <laughs> what I love about this is that the best episodes for us always end with us. We're like, 
I want to ask you so many more questions, <laughs> but we can't because we're out of time. So, Amy, thank you so much for being with us and sharing with us. Number one, being honest with us about the Sterner Business Summit, being willing to work with us. I mean, we do have to pay you, but you're still willing to take our money, which is phenomenal. <laughs> Some people aren't. Some people are like, nope, check, I'll find another client. You guys are not. I got under charge. He's Ideal. She already, now she knows it. She didn't know it till now. But thank you so much for being with us today. We appreciate being able to hear your story. And obviously, we're pretty excited to continue to work with you. Absolutely. And we'll continue to record and update as we learn more and go through this. Where can people find you at? Where do they go to learn more about Amy Whipple? Um, they can go to lionleadership.com and check me out there. Awesome. Well, this has been a blast. I hope you've enjoyed the podcast. Thank you. And one of our guests. Yes, I have. It's been great. Thank you. If you're a fan of the Entrepreneur Adventure Podcast, we would love to hear about it. You can leave us a review right here on your favorite podcast app. You can subscribe to the podcast or you can find us on Instagram at The Entrepreneur Adventure. Until next time, thank you for joining us.